Okay, five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA, fighting for mail and direct marketing every day. And let's dig in. First, I wanted to start with with Tom Fishburn, uh, who has given me permission to use his uh, cartoons in my blog, in case you wonder, uh, full attribution. And uh, this was from a couple of months ago, but it fit in with a, a, an excellent article I wanted to, I wanted to talk about today. Data-driven decision-making. An interesting phrase. I'll pretend this data I found is reliable, and you pretend to pay any attention to it. And Tom goes on to say, you know, obviously, famously, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out, uh, coined in 1963. Um, nearly 60 years later, we're still struggling with data credibility. And um, partly because, as you know, if you've read my book, I don't have a handy copy handy, but it's up there on my wall. And I'm working on a third edition with some really excellent stuff. I've got a couple of new case studies. You know, and I have to wait till the, the, the confidentiality agreements expire. I would never share stuff that I don't have permission to share. Um, but I do now. So just just now so uh you can look for that but you know the the premise spinning straw into gold the first thing i learned i called my local feed mill and i said you know what's tell me about straw and greg over there said well the first thing you need to know about straw is that it's not hay what do i know right hay is what you feed to an animal nourishes it makes it grow you know it's cut grass basically Straw, on the other hand, is the leftovers from harvesting wheat. You cut the tops off the wheat and the, le the, the stems that are left is the straw. He said straw is not, there's no benefit to straw except as a hygiene product. It catches what comes out of the animals. And it lets you sw sweep it up. So data is straw, not hay. Data is usually not built for what you're trying to do with it it's a leftover it's a leftover of an order being placed it's a leftover of somebody visiting your site you know it's a leftover of doing a mailing right so because of that we, we really do start with garbage and that's the part that i think most data people miss they miss that they're starting with garbage and uh Good for Tom that he figures this out. 75% of execs don't have a high level of trust in their data, and rightly so, right? A few years ago, it was reported that 40% of enterprise data is either inaccurate, incomplete, or unavailable. So the main task in data-driven decision-making is deciding what data you should use to make decisions, if any right if any you know the days of looking at this p l for a month or the previous month and saying well we didn't make any money let's change something <laughs> or we're making money let's expand on it you know whatever those days are clouded they're not gone they're just clouded you know and the problem that marketers have is that the accounting data is recognized and carefully guarded 
as historically accurate. It's not for predicting the future, but it's historically accurate. Whereas the marketing data is mostly manure, right? Okay. We're not that much smarter than we used to be, even though we have much more information. And that means the real skill now is learning how to pick out the useful information from all this noise. And that is the real heart of the problem from Nate Silver. Who got it famously wrong in 2016? <laughs> uh, we have to learn. Okay, so anyway, no, not going into that completely, but... Um, Here's an excellent article by Bobby Gray from The Drum, one of the better ones I've ever read. And what Bobby suggests here is, first of all, third-party data is going away. Whether it was actually valuable or not remains an open question. But the loss of data that marketers have, have to date taken for granted means that decisions will have to be made with less data. And kind of goes along with Fishburne. Say, maybe we should be using less data. Maybe there's a hierarchy of data. Maybe there's some data that's really good, solid decision-making data, and maybe there's a lot of garbage. And the more garbage you throw in. You know, I did, a, uh, I did an interview with um, a professor at San Diego State in statistics, and we talked about, you know, what the value of big data would be. And he said, well, you get better correlations, even if they're spurious. It's true. We're not going to go into all that, but um, but he goes on to say, measuring who has seen an ad will be complicated by the loss of data. Well, the fact is, you don't know who's seen an ad. There is no media that will tell you who's seen your ad. They can tell you where it appeared, maybe if they feel like it. Right? I mean, that's the nice thing about mass media, television. You can actually track that your ad appeared. With digital, you have no idea. And you have no idea if the people that clicked it are bots or real. The bots are getting better and better. <clears throat> and even if, let's just remove all those clouds. Even if you do, you know, I've been on the computer now for an hour and a half this morning. And um, I'm sure I've seen ads. I just don't remember any of them. I don't. I can't tell you one ad. I can't, I'm trying to think of one ad I've, I've 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 seen today. Maybe you can put it in the comments if you can if you can tell me what ad you've seen without going back and looking. Right? And we could do that right now if we wanted to. I can't think of one ad. I think of one ad that I saw that I was going to feature. Uh, Yellow page ad. We'll do that next week. That was a nice ad, but. You know, other than that, I can't think of any. And so measuring who has seen it, what, what we do instead is we struggle, here it says, we struggle to, attri to attribute conversions accurately and then are unable to scare, scale their targeting. So what happens is we say, well, we don't know who saw the ad, but we know who ordered something or clicked to our site or something. You know, once they get there and register and do something, we can start to figure out who's who, right? But what caused them to come? 
Well, we don't know if they saw the ad in the first place, right? Now, if they came from a site that was featuring our ad, that might be a start. I mean, there are ways to sort of start, but you can't know that they were paying attention, right? It's very difficult. <clears throat> you know, and it might be that they saw an ad for a competitor. You know, Duracell and, uh, and <laughs> what's the other one? I know there's Rayovac, Duracell, and uh, Energizer, <laughs> the Energizer bunny. <laughs> and most people thought that the Energizer was for, the bunny was for Duracell. <clears throat> because Duracell was the biggest brand. So even though the bunny was, uh, you know, everybody knows the bunny, but they don't know which company it's for. for. So maybe somebody needs batteries because they're, my, my, my electric scale in my bathroom died on Monday, I think, <coughs> or Tuesday. So I, uh, so I knew I needed batteries. And so I go down to my battery box in my basement and pull out two triple A's. But, uh, you know, maybe I saw an ad for the Energizer Bunny. So I'm at the hardware store. Maybe I buy Energizer. You know, but that connection is tenuous. Tenuous at best. I have batteries here at work, too. These are Rayovacs. See, I like Rayovac because it's sort of a Wisconsin company. Anyway, okay, so it's a struggle. It's a struggle, and I like that Bobby is admitting all these things. And... We should also be moving away from last-click attribution. You say, what's that? Well, what that is is that's someone places an order. What's the last place they were? Where did they come from? Or, or can we find a cookie that was on their computer that tells us that they got the cookie from either going to our site prior or going to another site where our ad was featured and they got this third-party cookie but the problem of course is you know we mail you something we mail you the hail damage flyer or whatever and now a hailstorm comes through I've thrown this away but I know that it was door ding 911 I remember that I've never visited your site <clears throat> and maybe I've seen your ad but I don't remember or maybe I've seen a different ad so now we say, well, they came in and they came to our site and they they got their dents removed. So let's give that, they have a cookie, so let's give them credit. But let's change the sequence a little. Let's say I go, I got this mailer, and then I go to your site. Now I got the cookie. And if it's persistent, it could stay there for a long, long time. <laughs> Even though there's no thunderstorm, maybe a year later there's a thunderstorm and I go back there. And you say, well, the last time we tracked this guy, he was, and that's a first party cookie. Last time we tracked him, he was, he visited our site. So let's give the website credit. Does the website deserve the credit? No, I never would have gone there if it weren't for this mailer. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So Bobby admits that last click is a, is a mess, right? And uh, but first party might give us we need to get as much as possible, much insight as possible. Things like purchase history, web browser, browsing behavior, responses to direct marketing and overall engagement. 
Okay, so now, and what I like about this is he really works this through. And then he says that artificial intelligence, and I'm not sure what AI means. Machine learning I understand because it's a process. Okay, there's nothing mysterious about machine learning, right? You compare the people that bought and the people that didn't buy, but that's a problem. Okay, he says it's going to provide insight, but we've already learned that we don't know who the people who didn't buy and did see our ad are. We don't know that piece. And that's where mail comes in. Mail shines because with mail, we can know who got the piece. We started with a mailing list. We didn't start by throwing postcards out an airplane window or dropping them from a balloon, which would be like mass media. Let's drop them all from a balloon, and what we would have then, I worked with Blockbuster Video, and we ran the numbers, and I said, this can't. they wanted to do a catalog. And so I declined to work with them because I said it can't possibly work financially. I said the only way it could maybe work is if you handed it out at the store and saved a bunch of postage. But then you wouldn't know who got it, right? You lose the benefit of your data. You only have... You'd only have the buyers. You wouldn't have the, the engaged, right? So mail, if you don't drop it from a balloon, has the advantage of we know it. We know who we who we wanted to see it. We know it got delivered because the postal service does. We know that it went to a decision maker because not everybody in the household can throw things away. We also know that there was some level of engagement because even if you have no interest in hail damage. You think, well, I might need that someday. You might pin it up somewhere. Or you might know somebody. One of my best friends got their got their car all beat up like 80 dents from a big hailstorm two weeks ago. Uh, so I might, you know, ask him about that. But so I could pass it along. But what you know is, is that I had to think about it before I threw it away. Because it might be important. It might be meaningful. And it might not be meaningful. But even if it's not meaningful and all I do is throw it away, I touched it. And your brain has 10 times more touch receptors than it has sight receptors. So everything you touch, you know, and partly that's because you burn stoves. You can look at a hot stove all day and it won't hurt. Don't look at the sun. That would hurt. But even then, it doesn't hurt enough because it doesn't stop people from looking at the sun. People do that. Okay? But touch receptors, you touch that hot stove, man. You are going to, a burned hand teaches best, said Gandalf. <laughs> so anyway, that's why we need touch receptors. We need those babies because we touch things that are dangerous. And it's right there immediate, okay? Now, here's the part where he and I part, Bobby and I part. Uh, AI and ML provide marketers with insight. You know, we had a, we had a really great client the last couple of years. And um, they tested us with two different modeling companies. And for the first time in that I know of, we didn't win. We always beat other modeling companies all around the world. And um, well documented. And this time we didn't win. Now, there was a piece of information, a little bit like a, uh, like a third-party cookie. Um, catalog companies share their data. They share who their buyers are. And so I may not be buying from your catalog anymore, but I may be buying from a competitor. So I might have quit buying from L.L. Bean, but I'm still buying from, uh, from Land's End. And so 
if they share that, and I don't think that either of them share. I, I know Land's End doesn't do it. As far as I know, Land's End doesn't do that. You have to trade lists with them directly. But some do, some don't. But enough of them do that we get can get a picture of your household and say, well, this is a, a household that is actively buying through, you know, remote channels, I'll call it. That's probably the best name, and it's not one that's widely used. But anyway, so we can tell if you're buying from remote channels. So you may have stopped buying from us, uh, but you may not have stopped buying, or you may have passed away or whatever else. So with that one variable, we can tell from our people that haven't bought from us in a while, two to four years, you know, haven't bought in two to four years, that's a very difficult thing to figure out. If it's more than four years, you know, there's much hope. But if it's between there, you say, well, should we mail them or should we not? That's kind of what our segmentation does and our machine learning does. What, how much should we spend on those people? And, and so that one piece of information is very helpful. And, they, and we'd been promised that piece of information for two years and never did get it. And so when we were tested, we didn't have that piece. And the other two companies did. And so I asked our, our client, I said, well, um, do you know why they won? Why they beat us? So I do probably. But they said, no, they each have their secret sauce. And here's the biggest problem with most machine learning is that it uses so many variables, most of which are garbage, as we've already pointed out. Even first-party data can be garbage. Um, you know, geodemographics. We have 300 or something. Of that, 20 probably work. We use the others just to see what happens, but we mostly throw them away because they don't work in the real world. So, I just have to answer this or it, do, or it does bad things to me. So I'll just hang up on them. Uh, so, funny, now they're getting learning to call right after 10. So anyway, most machine learning they said, the, the client said, well, they have their secret sauce and they each have that and they don't tell us how why it works. They just show us that it works. Well, at least they test, so that's something. But without that, you can't form informed product recommendations, predict customer lifetime value, etc. So Bobby concludes that M, ML and AI are frightening because getting comfortable with these disciplines, but getting comfortable is critical. <clears throat> and... Tackle, that word tackle brought to mind when we built the variable for Cabela's. We did we, we found all the sporting goods stores with bait, rod, reel, tackle, uh, bass, trout, those kinds of words in their in their name. Uh, anyway, but I taught Dick Cabela how to get comfortable with, with uh, machine learning. And the way I did it was I walked him through our process, which is totally transparent. And at every step he'd say, yep. That's what fishermen are like. Now, Dick Cabela was not a statistician. And when I pitched Cabela's, the marketing department said, put your computer away. I said, it's just, be, it's just a slide. It's a slide machine right now, slide projector. They said, do you want to get this or not? Put your computer away. You know, the, the modeling guys from New York came in with all their statistical talk. Dick's a minus three on statistics and computers on a scale of one to ten. So, but Dick got it, and you can get it too. And I'd like to reach out to Bobby, I will, of course, after, and say, you know, maybe we should talk about understandable machine learning 
where it aids the decision making process rather than just <clears throat> letting your engine try to make your decisions for you. Great article. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.